The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. So I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, and I hope I can get through this story because it's a very, very touching story, at least in my opinion. Um, it, it's a true story. It's a real story. I actually know, um, and you may know, the family that it happened to. Um, the story was recorded, it was written by uh, Mrs. Yaffe. Shlomo Yaffe is a friend of mine. His mother wrote this story about her younger sister's story as a hidden child during the Holocaust. And her sister is Tauber, Yankee Tauber, here from Five Towns. That's his mother. So, um, anyways, here's the story. You may know that the Nazis came to Hungary rather late in the war. And the Jews were relatively safe, relatively, for a longer period of time in Hungary than in other places in Europe. A Jewish woman, a young Jewish mother, gave birth to a daughter in Hungary, on the eve of the Nazi invasion, occupation. She's in the hospital, and the nurse comes to bring her the baby, and she sort of just roughly tosses the the baby at the foot of her bed, and she says, I don't know why we have to deal with these Jewish brats. Within a year's time, Hitler will be here, and there will be no more Jewish children. Why are we wasting time and resources and money for children who are not going to be alive? And the young mother, obviously, she gasped. She was horrified to hear such a thing. Here's her beautiful little daughter, and this, this, this cruel nurse is speaking this way. And that moment, she heard a voice, another woman's voice, saying, there, there, it's okay, it's okay. She looked over, and the bed next to her was the old farmer's wife. She says, it's okay, don't listen to that mean nurse. Listen. I'll take care of your baby for you. Your baby will live. Give her to me. I never had children. Give your baby to me. And this young mother is horrified. First the nurse comes in. She's speaking so cruel. Now the the, the farmer's wife in the bed next to her says, Give the baby to me. She says, No, I'm not giving the baby to you. This is my baby. She's a Jewish baby. And she's going to be raised as a Jew. She says, the, The farmer's wife says, She won't. She won't live. She won't survive. The mother says, yes, she will survive. The Jewish people have been persecuted in every single generation, and we always survived. And at that moment, she remembered that that very day, the birth of her precious daughter was Purim. And of course, what did they name their daughter? Esther Malka. Perfect. What name? What other name could you give a Purim baby? A precious little girl born on Purim. Esther Malka. Esterke for short. That's what they called. They called her Esterke. So um, when Esterke was about two, they left their home. They were herded into a ghetto. Every day, the the men were forced at gunpoint to go work backbreaking slave labor. Then there were the occasions when. Groups would be rounded up onto cattle cars. They would leave the ghetto and they wouldn't come back. And life was getting worse and worse for the Jews in Hungary. Finally, when 
Estherka was three years old on her third birthday. Purim. That was the last happy day that the family had in the ghetto. They, um, her mother made her a special dress, a Purim costume. Of course, who did she dress as for Purim? Esther Malka. She made her a little dress out of a, a lace curtain. She made a crown out of some old wrapping paper and cardboard. And she dressed little Estherke, Esther, the, the Queen Esther. And her father read the Megillah. And every time they came to the name Esther, the other children would look over at Estherke and smile. And she knew she was very proud. She was very proud of her name. That night, the night of her third birthday, as her mother put her to bed, she said to her, she says, Mommy, I'm so lucky to be Esther. As I said, that was the last happy day they had. At, at, at that point, it was obvious what was happening, and they had to get rid of her. They couldn't keep her there in the ghetto anymore. So they made arrangements. They found a, a peasant family that lived in some far, far off, remote little, tiny little village in the middle of some farmland where, where the Nazis wouldn't even be interested to go look. And uh, they made arrangements that Azteca should, should be shipped off there. So what happened, there, there was this uh, young man, handsome young man, blonde hair, blue-eyed, and his, uh, Estherka's mother spoke to him and said, uh, you know, this, yes, this is the girl that we spoke about. And uh, he says, okay, I'll wait. I'll wait for you to speak to her. And as the young, handsome, blonde-haired, blue-eyed man is waiting, Estherka's mother says to her, she says, you're going to go with this man right now. So she says, are you and Tati coming with? She says, no, we're not coming with. You're going to go with him? And you have to remember, you are not Estherke. Your name is Ava. And she started crying. She says, I have to go, and, I, and, and you and Tati can't come with. I can't have... My mommy, I can't have my tati. I can't even be Esterke. I can't have my name. She started crying. So the young man with the blonde hair and the blue eyes, he came over and he very calmly said to her, in Yiddish, Esterke, you're going to bring your name with you. But it's going to be your secret. Every night, you'll say Shema silently in your heart, and you'll remember that your name is Asterke, and who your mommy is, and who your tati is, but it's a secret, and it has to stay right in here. And he pointed at the little girl's heart. And the little girl says to the young, blonde haired, blue eyed man speaking fluent Yiddish, Do you also have a secret? He says, Yeah, I also have a secret. And with that, he, uh, he took her into the countryside and she was brought to a peasant family. After the war, 
there was a complete discombobulation. People couldn't find each other. Transportation was completely cut off. Railroads were not operating. The roads were bombed. But miraculously, this, this young mother and father survived. They survived. And they set out to look for Esther So they knew where she was. They knew the town. <clears throat> They'd never been there, but they knew the town. They knew the name of the family. They knew the address. So they come to the town, and, and they made a plan. The young father and mother, they made a plan. Look, we can't shock this girl. You know, she's become acclimated to a different life. And they knew the stories. They were all hearing the stories about the, about the hidden children. First of all, they didn't 100% know they were going to find her because there were stories where the peasants who agreed to take Jewish children <coughs> ended up handing them straight over to the Nazis. Then there were other stories where the peasants wouldn't give the children back. Where they kept it, they, 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 they grew attached to the children. They didn't want to hand them back to their families. So the young husband and, and wife, they made up a plan. They said, here's our plan. We're not, going to say, we're not going to go up to her. We're not going to say who we are. We're just going to say hi. We're strangers to her, remember. And just make friends with her and let her get used to us. And we'll see how long it takes. And then after a while, you know, after she warms up to us and she decides we're nice people, then we'll start to hint to her that we're her mother and father and she's, you know, our daughter. That was the plan. That was absolutely the plan. They <clears throat> walked up to this uh, little house and little cottage and they see a little sunburned girl with matted dark hair with bare feet playing in the dirt outside of the cottage. And they, they, they see this is, this is their daughter. But they don't say anything. They get closer so they don't startle her, and they say, Hello, little girl. How are you doing? Come here. And she turns around, and she runs inside, and they hear her screaming, Ma! Come outside. There are strangers here. So a woman, peasant woman, comes out of the, <clears throat> of the cottage. She's wearing a black kerchief on her head. And she holds the little girl by her hand. And she looks at this young couple. And she has this completely blank expression. Like, there's no expression behind her eyes to reveal what she's thinking or not thinking. She just gives them this sort of stony gaze. And she tightly squeezes the little girl's hand. Now, when that happened, that moment, the mother, the real mother, has this flashback to the, the day when her daughter was born, the day in the hospital, to that farmer's wife sitting or lying next to her in the bed next to her in the hospital saying, give me the child, give me the child. And she sees now her daughter with this peasant woman holding her hand so firmly and looking at them with no recognition, no, not a word, not a anything. And at that moment, she just broke down. The mother, the real mother, she broke down, and their whole plan went out the window. The whole plan that they're going to gradually warm up to her. And she just screams out, Esterke! Like, that's it. Plan's out the window. Esterke! And all of a sudden, it's like, 
the little girl woke up from a dream. And her demeanor, her face, everything just changed. And she looks at this young couple. She says, Mommy, Tati. And she runs to them and embraces them. So, I tell you this story because I think it illustrates to us the power of a Jewish name. The power of Jewish identity. And how even in a situation where one is in a veritable slumber, that there's a way of calling upon that, that, that true identity and, and reawakening it. That's the power of the Jewish name, which is the Jewish identity. I would like to encourage all of you to go onto that website, storiestoinspire.org. You will be inspired by the great stories that are right there for all of us.